We're going to turn now to our Bibles and uh, to the book of Genesis, but we're going to turn this time to the very end of Genesis uh, rather than the beginning. So Genesis chapter 50 and uh, verse 15, page 53 in the church Bibles. And we come to the well-known story of Joseph and to the conclusion of that story of Joseph. And uh, as we said before, some of the children have been learning about Joseph over the last few weeks, so it's quite fitting that we uh, look at this passage this morning. I'm going to read from chapter 50, 50, from verse 15, 15, uh, as far as verse 26. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father, Jacob, was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So Joseph remained in Egypt, he and his father's house. Joseph lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation. The children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were counted as Joseph's own. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will visit you and bring you up out of this land to the land he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old. They embalmed him. And he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Let's think about some of these words that Joseph said to his brothers. Our reference is verse 20 of chapter 50, where Joseph says to his 11 brothers, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. 
I want to make four fairly brief points this morning, okay? And follow me as I, as I do this. And the first of them is that bad things happen to us, don't they? Do bad things happen to you? Put your hand up if in the last three months you've fallen over and scraped your knee. Put your hand up if in the last three months you've dropped a glass or a plate or something on the floor in the house and it's smashed. Put your hand up if in the last year you've brushed your car against a post in the entrance to the... Oh, we won't go there. We won't go there. I certainly have. And maybe others have as well. Because bad things happen to us, don't they? Things we don't want to happen to us, they they happen to us. We go to school and we come home and we've had a bad day. And we come home and we think, oh, I don't want to go back to that school ever again. I've had a horrible day. The teacher shouted at me. My friends teased me and bullied me and I I dropped the ball in whatever game I was playing and I I fell over and everyone laughed at me. and, And bad things happen to us. We don't like them. And worse things happen, don't they? Sometimes as well, we know about that. Sometimes we get quite ill. We can be sick for a number of weeks, months, or years. Sometimes grown-ups, they they lose their jobs, or they they lose their homes, or somebody that we love is taken away from us. Yeah? Bad things happen, don't they? And bad things happen around the world. Can anybody tell me something that was on the news yesterday where there's there's a... Quite a severe problem uh, in a part of the world with lots of lots of water. What am I talking about, Emily? There, there are problems in Hong Kong of a different kind. There are bad things happening in Hong Kong. Where has there been lots of water recently? Anyone know? Do you know, Richard? It's actually in Louisiana, near New Orleans. There's been a tropical storm called Barry, which has been very severe, and it, it might get worse. And there's been also huge floods in Nepal and Assam and in Bangladesh and in various other places. So bad things happen, don't they, to us? And we don't know why they happen sometimes. But there's something else as well. My second thing that I need to say... Sometimes other people mean bad things to happen to us. Not just accidents that happen because we we fall over or drop something or we we have a bad day at work or a bad day at school or a bad evening wherever we might be, but sometimes people actually try to hurt us and harm us. And let's go to Joseph for a moment. What did Joseph's brothers do to him? Can anybody tell me? Reggie, what did Joseph's brothers do to him? They sold him as a slave. And even before they did that, what did they want to do to him first before they sold him as a slave, Ayomide? They actually wanted to kill him. Now, we might say to ourselves, well, you know, Joseph had it coming to him a bit, didn't he? I mean, what had Joseph said to his brothers? before that, that maybe made them a bit angry with him? Anyone tell me, what did Joseph's brothers say? What did Joseph say to his brothers? 
What did he tell them that he'd seen or heard? Anyone remember? Maybe you don't remember. Well, yeah? He had dreams that they were bowing down to him, and he told his brothers, and he told his father, and, uh, and of course his father gave him something. What did his father give him? Jacob? A richly ornamented coat. That's right, a beautiful coat. And that made Joseph's brothers very, very jealous. And when they saw him coming from a distance, they said, here comes that dreamer. Ooh, let's kill him. Let's then say to our father that a fierce animal has, has eaten him alive and he's been killed by an animal. But let's kill Joseph. Now, what a thing to do, to want to kill your own brother. That was the anger and the murder and the evil that was in the hearts of Joseph's brothers. And had it not been for one brother who decided to rescue Joseph, which brother was that? Ah, not quite. There was a brother, yeah? Reuben had said, no, let's not kill him. Let's put him in a pit instead, and Reuben wanted to rescue him later on. But while Reuben wasn't looking, it seems, Judah had this bright idea. While we're at this, let's make a bit of money, shall we? Uh, here come some traders, some Ishmaelite traders. They're going down to Egypt. Let's, let's sell Joseph, and let's get some money, and then we'll tell our dad that a wild animal has killed him. They were wicked. Now, let me say this. Every one of us is capable of great wickedness and malice and cruelty and unkindness, right? And also, every one of us is capable of receiving from other people wickedness, cruelty, and unkindness. We can do bad things, and we have bad things done to us. Sadly, that's the way that life works, isn't it? If we're honest, if we sat down and had a chat to each other, we could talk about all the bad things we've done and the bad things that have been done to us throughout our lives. And that might make us all rather frightened and say, well, is anybody in control? Is it just that bad things happen randomly, accidentally, and uh, we've just got to take what life throws at us? Is that all we need to say? Well, there's much more than that. And Joseph knew there was much more than that. So let's come to my third point, which is that God means even bad things for good. So we come to the very end of Joseph's life. And here he is, he's an old man now, quite an old man, and his father Jacob has just died. And his brothers are still alive. And they start to worry and think, oh dear, now that dad isn't here anymore, Joseph might say, aha, it's revenge time. You, you tried to kill me, you sold me, okay, I pretended that I was going to be friendly with you while my dad was here, while our dad was alive, and now he's gone. You've got it coming. Revenge. Daddy can't save you now. I'm going to get you. 
well. That's what the brothers feared Joseph might say. They thought Joseph will say, right, it's payback time for all you've done. It's time to uh, take my revenge. Did Joseph do that? He didn't. In fact, when his brothers came to him and said all these things, Joseph was distressed. Joseph was crying. Joseph was in tears at the thought that his brothers might think that he would have that kind of attitude towards them. But I wonder why Joseph didn't take revenge. It takes a great deal of strength not to take revenge, but the reason that Joseph didn't take revenge isn't simply because Joseph was a nice man or a peaceable kind of guy and uh, he just got on with people. The reason why Joseph did not take his revenge and instead showed love to his brothers is because Joseph knew his God. He knew the character of God. He knew what God was like. He had a higher and better view of God. He said to his brothers, you, imagine you're the brothers of Joseph. You're not. Imagine you are, and I'm Joseph. You, you, you meant evil against me. You wanted to finish me off. You wanted to kill me. You wanted to sell me. You wanted to destroy me. You really had it in for me, didn't you? But God meant everything you did for good to keep many people alive today as there are. Joseph was able to say that. Now, I've got a question for you. Were Joseph's brothers the only people who gave Joseph a hard time? Or was there perhaps somebody else? And who was it? Do you remember? Potiphar's wife. So there was a lady in Egypt who who uh, brought a false accusation against Joseph and said he's going to do something he shouldn't be doing. And she was lying. But her husband believed her. And what happened to Joseph? Where did he end up? He was in prison. And he was in prison, it seems, for a rather long time. Probably for about 11, 12 years, Joseph was in prison. During his 20s, during the prime of his life, he was in prison. Do we read that Joseph, when he was in prison, was saying, you know, oh, I'm wasting my life. I could have been doing so much. It's all gone pear-shaped. It's all gone wrong. I blame my brothers. I blame Potiphar's wife. I blame Potiphar. And I even blame God. I'm angry that this has happened to me. My life has just been completely ruined because of other people and God who never stopped these other people doing these horrible things to me. Do we, do, we, do we get the idea that Joseph was saying those things? No, we don't, do we? We see Joseph, even in prison, talking about the God who is in control of everything, in control of dreams and the interpretation of dreams and where Joseph is and what's going on in his life. Joseph had learned that God is a good, wise God who never makes mistakes. 
and that meant that Joseph could give thanks to God in every single circumstance. Let me tell you a famous story about a lady some of you may have heard of called Corrie ten Boom. That's the correct pronunciation, not boom, but boom. And uh, Corrie ten Boom was a Dutch lady, and uh, she and her family would hide uh, Jewish people in their home during the Second World War when the Nazis were occupying uh, the Netherlands. But Corrie ten Boom and her sister were discovered and arrested and taken to a horrible prison camp, Ravensbrück, uh, north of Berlin. And uh, they were there for a number of months. And the story is remarkable because in the end, well, I'll come to the end in a minute. I'll come to the first bit first. Corrie and her sister Betsy were in this dark, crowded, disgusting place. They were prisoners there. They were being treated very cruelly. And Betsy, the sister, was praying. And she was praying with Corrie one day and saying, we give thanks to you, God, in all circumstances. We even give thanks for the fleas. And Corrie thought, no, 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 you can't give thanks for the fleas. These horrible fleas in this prison, they, they bite and, and they itch and they get into your clothes and, oh, how can you possibly give thanks for the fleas? Well, it took a while for Corrie to understand this, but Betsy gave thanks for the fleas, and they came to realize that because this place was full of fleas, the prison guards didn't want to come anywhere near them into that place. And that meant that Corrie and Betsy, they could open their Bibles, they could pray, they could read their Bibles, they could share the gospel with all the other women who were in that prison place because the fleas kept the guards from coming in. You see, the fleas might be bad. <laughs> the, the Nazi guards meant evil. But God meant everything for good, even those hard things. It's worth remembering that, children. It's a great lesson for life. We all have to suffer hard things. But if we're trusting in the Lord, he means everything, everything for good. I've nearly finished. I've got one more point that I need to make. I wonder what the good plan of God was that he was working through Joseph's life. What good thing, what good thing came out of the fact that Joseph was in Egypt? Can anyone tell me? What good thing came out from this whole story? Why was it good in the long run? Matthew? Because there was food during the famine. Now, if you remember the story, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, had dreams, didn't he? Dreams not about sheep, but about cows. And dreams about corn growing and fat corn and thin corn and fat cows and thin cows and all of those things. Do you remember those dreams? He'd done that this year. And, and he got really worried about this, did Pharaoh. And none of his servants or magicians or interpreters could tell him what the dream meant. But his friend, the cupbearer, who had been in prison with Joseph, said, Ah, 
Ah, I remember there was this man in prison, this Hebrew man called Joseph, and he, he, he understood dreams. Maybe you should ask him. They got Joseph out of prison, didn't they? Pharaoh told Joseph his dream. Joseph understood what the seven cows, the fat cows, the thin cows, and all of that meant. There's going to be seven years of plenty of food, followed by seven years of famine. Joseph knew that. God gave Joseph the wisdom. Pharaoh realized that Joseph was a man that God had blessed. He put him in charge of food supplies in Egypt. And Joseph made sure that all the food was saved up. And because that happened, Joseph's brothers, far away in the land of Canaan, they were able to come to Egypt and to buy food and take it back home and eat and live. Had it not been for Joseph, the famine might have killed the whole family and thousands and maybe millions of other people besides. If Joseph's brothers had not sold him into slavery, they might not have lived to tell the tale. You think about that for a minute. Now at the time, what they did was Of course it was wrong, it was wicked, it was cruel, it was terrible that they treated their brother in that way. It was wrong, there's no no doubt about that. But if it hadn't happened that way, by God's plan, then there wouldn't have been the food that there was for them to eat later on and live and be saved with so many other people. Now, I'm not quite done yet, because... The Joseph story is a wonderful story. I'll tell you why it's wonderful. It's a great story. It's a true story. It's a very important story. But it's only the warm-up act. It's only the rehearsal for an even greater and more important and equally true story from the Bible. And I want us to see that Joseph is very, very similar to Jesus. And the story of Joseph shows us something about Jesus. Let me put it to you like this. Jesus is like a greater Joseph. Joseph suffered at the hands of his brothers. Yes? How many brothers did he have? Eleven. Yeah. I'm not sure that Benjamin was necessarily one of those eleven who was trying to, uh, to kill or sell Joseph at the time. I, I somehow feel he wasn't part of that, but I, might, I don't know. We're not told, are we? But certainly ten brothers wanted Joseph to be, uh, to be gone. Jesus, Jesus suffered at the hands of all his people. All the people from his country. They shouted for him to be crucified. Not just 10 or 11 of them, but a great crowd of them. They they wanted him dead. Joseph, Joseph was falsely accused by one jealous woman, wasn't he? But Jesus was falsely accused and condemned by a great gathering of men of elders, of priests, 
who wanted him crucified. It was a worse experience for Jesus than it was for Joseph. Joseph's death was falsely reported. Now, what do I mean by that? Who thought that Joseph was dead? Who actually thought that Joseph was dead? Anyone tell me? Who believed that Joseph was actually dead? His father, whose name was Jacob, because his sons told him, we found his coat. There's blood all over it. A fierce animal must have killed him. But what had they actually done? What had they done, Naomi Day? They put, that's right, they put the blood of a goat on his coat and pretended to their father that Joseph was dead. What a terrible, cruel trick to play on their father. Now, my point is this. Joseph's death was falsely reported. Jesus really did die, didn't he? He actually died. Joseph was thrown into prison. Jesus was sentenced to the cruel death of crucifixion. That's what makes Jesus and his suffering even greater. But I've got something else to say before we're done. It gets better than this. Think about Joseph for a moment. He's 30 years of age, and one minute he's in prison. He's wearing prison clothes, probably wearing rags, probably looking really kind of disheveled and uncomfortable and with chains. And he's been in prison for years and years. And then he is brought out of prison and he is honoured. He is brought from shame and disgrace to a place of honour. Jesus was restored not just from prison, but from death. Jesus was brought from death to life, an everlasting life. Another comparison. Joseph was brought back to his brothers. He was reconciled with his brothers. What does that mean? What does it mean if two people are reconciled? Anyone tell me? Anyone know if people are reconciled? Richard? They make peace. The people concerned, they make peace. They come together again. Now, Joseph was reconciled to his brothers, but what does Jesus do? He reconciles a whole great vast number of people to God through his own suffering and death and resurrection. Joseph was reconciled to his 11 brothers. Jesus reconciles us to God. And one final thing, Joseph's actions, Joseph's wisdom, Joseph's understanding of what to do with all the grain and the food, what did that result in? It resulted in temporary uh, relief and, and feeding and, uh, and well-being for a number of years for a number of people. Yes, what Joseph did brought about people being able to eat and live longer. But what Jesus has done in dying on a cross and in coming to life again, that results in everlasting life and blessing for whoever believes in him. I finish with this. 
you know, why does God give us the story of Joseph? It's a very wonderful story that we enjoy reading in our Bibles. It's given rise to many books, musicals, and so forth. But the wonderful thing about the Joseph narrative is it's a picture of Jesus. And whenever you think about Joseph, we must always go on to think about Jesus. You meant evil against me, said Joseph. You meant harm against me. But God meant it for good. Now, those who put Jesus to death meant evil against him. They said to Pontius Pilate, they said, away with him, away with him, crucify him. We do not want this man to rule over us. We want Jesus wiped off the face of the earth. We want him gone. We want to finish with him. We want to blot him out. We want him to no longer exist. They meant evil against Jesus. But they did. They did what God himself had already decided should be done to Jesus. Because God knew, and the Lord Jesus himself knew, that only by dying on a cross, only by shedding his blood, only by becoming a sacrifice, could he pay for the sins of the whole human race and reconcile us to God and be that peace between God and us. The greatest truth of all, which eternity will never ever get tired of singing about and talking about and praising God for, is that the Son of God loved us and gave himself for us. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for the sheep. And you and I live because Jesus died and came to life again. So remember that, all of you, and think about that for the rest of the day. We'll pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the wonderful story of Joseph, but help us to see in it the yet greater story and truth and history of the Lord Jesus Christ, who did what was the only thing that could be done to lay down his life, to restore and reconcile us to himself through the blood of his cross. We come now, pray that everyone here would believe this gospel message and would know the truth of sins forgiven, of everlasting life with you in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We pray in his name. Amen.